You're listening to MeSearch, a podcast featuring Filipino perspectives. In this show, we talk to trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses in the community to find out more about what they do. Join us as we learn and get to the bottom of things. Stay tuned. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Yeah. 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 Let me give you those hey trips. Hey, you know what? I like that. I'm pro H riffs. Are you? I think so. Wait, can you explain? Can you can you demo an H riff? Okay. I hope you dance. I hope you dance. Okay, no, I don't like those. Okay, because when I um, there's there's moments when I sing like riffs and I do uh-huh. kind of an H, but it's not like a a soft H like that. It's more like a hard H. Right. Yeah. Like a yeah. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that like an H? A, is that considered an H riff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's more like I mean, a pop yodel. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like you're flipping your voice a little bit. Yeah. I feel like that's like. Is that a hit or more, miss? No, Depends it's on like the... a. It's more of a flip. It's more of a flip. Like I think it's a flip with an H. But if you don't do the flip with the H, it's just not swaggy. <laughs> okay. So we need a sweat. If if you want a swaggy sound, you need the H in your flip. I think you need. Yeah, I think you need the flip in the H. And okay. you also, I think you need to go a little. No, it's not about going harder. It's just like, yeah, you got to flip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Dang, that was just, good. Just like that. Just like that. Okay. I'm cool. your rift. I'm your riff professional here thanks you Clearly. know exactly what you're talking about totally <laughs> <laughs> oh man um oh, man. speaking of music and mm. like performancey things mm. we're kind of talking about that yeah, um, yeah, yeah i have a question for you crystal mm. as a performing filipino mm-hmm. have you ever done a pcn I sure did. Okay, real quick. Um, mm. What is a what does PCN stand for? Filipino Cultural Night. Ah, Filipino Cultural Night. Okay, mm-hmm. so tell me about your experience with PCN. So, if you remember from season one, my mm-hmm. very first PCN was with Nino. Nino Lanera. We love him. We do. Um, shout outs. Yes, now. shout outs. Um. So, yeah, I uh, just got into Cal State Long Beach. I heard about PAC, and I wanted to be part of it. And then PCN came, and I auditioned for one of the the acting roles. Um, yeah, and you know, like, that was probably my first time acting again after leaving high school. So it kind of reignited my love for acting, being in PCN. But um, my first PCN uh, talked about the 1904 World's Fair, which mm-hmm. I like to credit as one of like the big events in my in my life where 
my eyes got open to Philippine culture and Philippine history, Filipino American history, and mm-hmm. how much I did not know things. Um, and yeah, and it, it really put a, a a a fire under my butt to to learn more about us, and I think it's also a big reason why I'm here today with you. Good story. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Uh, what about you? My PCN experience, I guess to answer the question, yes, I have had experience uh, with PCN. I was in UC Riverside's PCN in about 2008, 2009. I didn't like have a huge role in it, but it was a lot of fun. I like stayed up all night with the folks who were actually doing um, a majority of like the scenes and the dancing and the music. Um, I was a very small role um, as somebody in a dream sequence. So all of my scene was a dream sequence. It was like me and three or four other folks and we were like in space. It was (gasps) Filipinos in space. Ooh. Yeah, so I was like a space cadet. I was like the sidekick of the captain wow. on a spaceship. That sounds fun. Um, yeah, so it was not at all like Filipino um, mm-hmm. in the sense of like exploring Filipino history, but it was more like a, it was a dream sequence of the main character, and that was really fun for me. Well, oh, do you hear that? Do you hear what's going on? Yes, I do. Oh, my. I hope, I hope, I hope everything's okay. Yeah in the city I'm in because like literally that was so close. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh yeah. Are you okay? I'm okay. <laughs> Sending your neighbor uh good vibes. Yeah, good vibes, good Nate. Vibes. Good, good vibes. vibes. Um, um yeah. <laughs> um just just also for for those who don't know what PCNs are, it's kind of like the Filipino clubs at uh, either a college or a high school, um, they uh, produce pretty much a whole play from the ground up. They write the script. They um, have dances that are infused into the script and music. Um, a lot of people create original music for uh, these pieces. Um there's uh, traditional Filipino dances as well as, of course, the modern dancing with the hip hoppers. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, and it's 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 a really fun time for uh, these students to learn more about their culture and come together and put on a cool play that anyone and everyone can watch. Anyone and everyone. Yeah. Go yeah. check them out. Yeah. It's typically in the West Coast. I don't know if it's like a East Coast thing. I think it might be. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Well, wherever you're at, look for PCN. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. good. That's a good opportunity if you're unfamiliar with um, Philippine culture to kind of just you know see what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of. Philippine culture and PCNs and and whatnot. We have uh, a really interesting person on the show to speak to. Um, His name is Marlo Campos. 
from Uba Arte. He's an educator and performing artist. Um, and Uba Arte is a Southern California-based collective of professional musicians, dancers, and academics with a shared mission to advance Philippine cultural research and education in the Philippinex slash Filipino-American community. So, are we ready to get into the episode? Yeah, and guess what? Mm, yeah, what? I did PCN with Marlo! Hey! hey. You know, bringing it? Full circle. I know. I love these full circle moments. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Today on Me Search, we have a member of the Ube Arte, uh, and his name is Marlo Campos. Welcome, Marlo. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for hanging. Dude, y'all, Marlo's the coolest. If you didn't know. <laughs> if you didn't know, it's pretty tight. If you didn't know. Um, I know Marlo back from uh, our Long Beach days with Pac, and uh, we've done some some music together, and it's it's all good times, and I'm, I'm glad that we've been able to reconnect. Um, me and Mike just recently saw Marlo perform at the Natural History Museum during uh, Filipino American History Month, and he killed it, per usual. Per usual, y'all. Per usual. <laughs> um. before, before we actually ask the first formal question, can yeah. I ask, what's like the fondest memory? Maybe this is like a question for both of you. What's the fondest memory you have of like youngsters when you all first met? Aww. Man. You know, I remember being very excited about Marlo's guitar because he has a really freaking cool guitar. It's like this blue guitar and um, it has like a speaker inside Mm -hmm. and both me and Mike are like, whoa, this guitar is so cool. It has like a built-in speaker. Um, But that's like, that's not like a memory memory, but I think one of our, like our last gig was somewhere in Buena Park and um i just remember chilling and just like enjoying music with marlo and i think a lot of times just hanging with marlo we've we've just had a really good time just playing and listening to music um yeah what about you marlo well for me i was i was just excited to just have another um you know a lot of artists represent their city and there's a lot of people representing LA and San Diego and San Francisco and Cerritos. There wasn't anyone from Buena Park. So when I found out there was other singers and artists from my city, yeah, I, I was proud. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I think Park. my favorite, I think our, I, my favorite memory is probably the first time we performed, which is how we met yeah. through a mutual friend because she needed a guitarist. And, uh, Oh, was it the first or the second time we performed when we had all, when we had the big band, when we had the big band and, uh, yeah, Matt was there. Oh, and, oh yeah. yeah. Was it for FPAC? It was for Christmas Fest for Pack. For Christmas Fest. Because, yes, I remember it was, uh, that was the Pacquiao and Del Hoya fight that night. It was a big <laughs> night. <laughs> but, I mean, it was the first time, like, I felt like a rock star because I didn't. You know, people, a lot of people watched us. It was a big crowd and I never, uh, I didn't, I haven't rocked like that before with a band. So yeah, it was fun. Aww. Yeah, it was a good shot in the arm that I needed, you know, as an artist. 
Didn't Jeez. know that I could do it. And, and yeah, you helped me. Yeah. Aw. Well, Mark, thank you for always like collaborating with me. Like you're really one of my favorite people to collaborate with. So chill, so fucking talented. And now you're doing some amazing things. And we're so excited to have you on the show and to share with everyone what you're doing and how awesome and important it is in the community. So let's get into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell us about Ube Arte and what your role is? So I am one of the members of Ube Arte. Ube Arte is a collective of uh, educators and musicians and artists that uh, really our goal is to just further um, further the research for Philippine cultural uh Philippine cultural music and dance and just the experience. Um, we have doctors and uh, and uh, and scholars in the in the group. Um, uh, we the founder of it. Um, the the founders of the group. Most of them went to UCLA and are uh, are graduates from UCLA. Dr. Bernard Elliarin, who started Pakaregian Kulintang Ensemble in LA. Um, he runs the Samohan of, uh, uh, Filipino American dance group out in San Diego. And, um, then we have me, I have my rock steady Rondalia, who we started out, um, in PAC well, Crystal was there when we started it out. And then, uh, uh, we started doing, um, PCNs around the area. We got hired to do their, their cultural shows. And so um, I'm part of Ube Arte, uh, trying to bring my experience from the cultural, the Filipino cultural scene out in from college. Mm -hmm. And then we have a, a Dr. Uh, Mary Tulusan. She teaches out in Cal State Dominguez Hills. She's also been around um, Kulintong music and and uh, is a colleague of Bernard and uh, Dr. Bernard Elyrin and uh, Eleanor. And uh, oh yeah, and then there's Eleanor. Eleanor, she's also part of the group. She wrote a book chronically chronicling um, what she could, uh, all the Filipino American artists in Southern California, all, all the way back from like the eighties up until now. Wow. And so, uh, yeah, I want to talk about all of that today, hopefully. Yeah. So I'm just one of the members of that group. So if you ever wanted to know anything about Kulintang or just um, the history of PCN, stuff like that. That's what we do. What a cool group of folks. Yeah. Yeah, I like to call it like, we're like the X-Men or like, you know, the Avengers <laughs> of, of, I joke around, I say I'm the CNA in the group because everyone's a doctor and <laughs> and all that stuff, you know, but, but I mean, I'm more, um, everyone does research and stuff. I'm into that too, but I'm more into, uh, I'm more into the uh, the performance aspect and the teaching aspect for the people that want to get to know this type of music. If I can turn you on and let the fire, that's I've done my job. That's what I'm here for. Can you tell us what cooling tongue is? So cooling tongue music. So cooling tongue is actually the name of the um, the eight the eight potted instrument that you saw me play. 
at, at the Natural History Museum. It's kind of people will call it like, oh, the Philippine xylophone. Not really. Um, and they play it in southern in the southern Philippines. It's not a music that is really common in the north, other than when you see it done on stage, like by the Bayanihan dance troupe. Mm-hmm. That's the only kind of capacity they ever get when it comes to Kulintang music. And it's not really the traditional music, right? Like, I don't know if you saw the type of music that we were playing at the museum. Like, you wouldn't hear that at a VCN, right. which is why I love to do it, right? Because it's actual music. Um, and it's, it's, it's done during... Uh, just for leisure. I mean, when you hear this or when it's presented on stage, you get this sense that it's an ancient tradition. Yes, it's old, but it's not super ancient. Like the pieces that we play aren't super ancient, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's a lot of mysticism and stuff in it. And it's not. They're just they're just playing in the middle of doing laundry. If you look a lot of at the videos that we should be studying for Kulintang music, it's a lot of just old ladies just playing for fun, right? Wow. Yeah, and uh, they're they're smiling, and and really happy. They're not they're not angry or trying to portray um, machismo and stuff like that. It's it's for fun, and this is kind of the thing that um, Ubi Arte and Pakura and PKE. This is kind of our mission is to, is to kind of break that break that mold of, you know, Filipinos in the South, you know, the Muslim Filipinos are are mean and they're scary when they're not. They're just human just like us. They crack dirty jokes just like us <laughs> in the music. You know, and, and um, yeah, that, that's that's one thing that we want to share. Um, so Kulintang music, it's celebratory music and it's for everyone. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah, and it's it's. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard gamelan music or if you've had the uh, if you've had uh, Kulintang music. It it gets mistaken for being Philippine gamelan music, which is the gong tradition out in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's totally different. Gamelan is more like orchestra, where um, the mentality for Kulintang music is more like jazz. So there's a lot of, yeah, so you would learn a a musical piece, but you're free to play it how you want to play it. Like there's some, there's some freedom for uh, individuality in the pieces. Wow. This is all new to me. Yeah, so you were saying that the, the type of music that you play is mistaken for traditional music, but it's not. Oh, mistaken for ancient, Ancient, but okay, so so it's traditional but modern. Is that a correct? It's traditional, but it's still, it's a breathing cult. It's still alive. Got it. Mm. Okay. So, um, so uh, when we present it here in the West and they see the people who have never seen it before, you see, this is a music in the South, and we say, that it predates, you know, Spanish colonization in the Philippines, right? Mm-hmm. So people get the sense that, oh, this is our ancestor, you know. Uh, my grandpa doesn't know Kulintang music, you know. Mm-hmm. They don't know it because they're not from that area. Mm-hmm. You're Ilocano. 
Right, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> so if you go back to Mindanao or, or watch videos of them performing in the South right now, they're doing it, they're, they're still innovating this music, this traditional music, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the perception is that it's ancient, ancient and non-existent. But what you're saying is it's been alive this entire time. It continues to evolve. Yes. So why yeah. can you speak a little bit about why you think there's that perception that it's somehow something that has been resurrected, even though it's not something that ever went away? I'm not sure. I think it's because of all of whatever narratives we we tell ourselves here in the states. Like, like one of the narratives that I what I would hear is like, um, "Oh, it's a dying art form," hmm. but it's like you just haven't seen it in its natural habitat, right? Mm-hmm. It's a dying art form, and uh, we should preserve it. But it's like. Not everyone had YouTube and an iPhone. Now everyone has YouTube and an iPhone so they can record their daily lives. Mm-hmm. Now more than ever, there's a lot of resources to pull from YouTube. 10 years ago, I would say don't watch YouTube. Mm-hmm. Because, um, and we, we at OBRT like to joke and call it YouTube University because like for PCNs, for example, when they would want to learn a dance, they would go to YouTube. But then what would they watch on YouTube is another college who got it wrong, right? Or got it wrong. Another college that didn't um, do the, the enough research. And so it just becomes a cycle of misinformation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it never needed saving, really. It just needed um, someone to tell them how it's done and how, how it, it's, it's really supposed to be played. Up until now, it's kind of just been sound effects for the dance, hmm. right? Where it should have been the other way around, where music, when you look at um, the, the performance in Mindanao, music is center and dance is second. Hmm. But at PCNs, it's the other way around. You never even see us. We're in the pit. Hmm. <laughs> we're in the orchestra pit. Or hmm. if we're on stage, we're um, off to the side in the silhouette or something you know speaking of pcns moving forward now that you have a platform to kind of explain like this is what we do this is like the history of the music this is why it matters is there something that you would like to see all of these college students consider more um, as they put together these productions um yeah i would like them to consult i mean it doesn't even need to be ube arte i would just love for them to uh i would love for the students now to just consult someone anyone (laughs) have someone to vet you and and say you know some some colleges some college students already do that but um we understand that it only you know when we do these shows that they're not getting a grade for this, right? They're not getting college credit, and um, and and they practice like at twelve a.m. <laughs> after yeah. class before before their test the next morning, you know. So I don't know. Maybe there should be a, a collective PCN. 
So not everyone's busting their ass, you know, to get a show done. Mm. Because while I applaud the effort, um, sometimes I look at the way they rehearse or the way it's put together and I'm like, it could have been done more efficiently. And hmm. you could have done more research or you could have been more connected with the community or you could have you could have uh, consulted someone for that particular dance, you know. Um, I think when I was growing, when, when I was doing PCN and trying to figure out these dances, I was too scared to ask. And it shows like uh, right before I connected with PKE, you could tell <laughs> like the way I did the music in PCN was totally different. So it's good to have a master or just have someone not master, but a teacher, someone to show you the way. Um, thanks to Dr. Bernard Ellurin, I was able, I can look at Kulintong pieces now. He gave me that, the eyesight and or the ear sight to look at these pieces. And so now it's easy and I want to give that to everybody else so they can try it. Wow. I had no idea. <laughs> this is all like... Yeah, I'm learning a lot. Yeah, I'm learning. I... Wow. I especially like this idea of maybe like a collective PCN. Yeah. Like across the West Coast. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, what I would like to do, what I would love to see is like maybe each school can just do research and focus on a, a particular region as opposed to trying to swallow all all these mm. things at once. Because, man, like like in, and this isn't a, a call out to the colleges and stuff, but this is a fact, y'all. Like sometimes it's put together too quick, you know, and it's 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 it shows so and and it shouldn't be like that i think if we love our culture that much and we want to show the beauty of our culture let's make it let's and and you college students mm, let's mm -hmm. you know what i mean like we got to be as factual and and more um uh more educated with this because uh yeah i like being part of of other dance troops and seeing other people perform, I can. I've I've seen little kids that could wipe the floor with these PCN kids. Dang. These and you know, and it's not it's not it's no one's fault. It's just you know they could learn how to learn this stuff from sure. dance troops or just from someone who's experienced, right? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the times you'll have uh, maybe the the uh, the modern the dance crew or, or the modern dance hip hop people, mm -hmm. they'll be in charge of learning and and then having to teach a cultural dance. And then and then I see I see them try to do it and I'm like, oh no, like you need <laughs> first of all, you didn't study the music and I can tell. <laughs> and mm -hmm. then second of all, your steps are wrong and yeah. Yeah. If you're bringing me in to do the music Bring someone in to help you with the dancing. One of the pitfalls for me is like, you know, like being a, being a studying the traditional stuff and then having to compare it with the PCN stuff. And then I get hired from a school to do their show. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, can you do this? Um, this indigenous. We're doing this indigenous dance. Of course, I already know it's going to be the stage by Nihon version, mm-hmm. but I know the traditional music, right? Mm-hmm. And so I always give them that option, like, hey. Do you want, can I play like this instead? It'll still work with your dance moves. It's just, I'm a musician. I pride myself in music. Like, I, I really want to do this version, you know? And so that's my little way of kind of sneaking it in. But yeah, it's not my place. And then there's the other side of the coin where it's not my place to really say anything because they already picked the dance. And then their dance is two weeks or... The show is two weeks away. I can't oh school them and be like, actually, what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe on a right? maybe on a positive note, is there any PCN or like production that you've seen in maybe recent memory or in, in memory in general that you're like, wow, they did a really good job. And there was like a part that was like, wow, they did their research. Yes, actually. Um, so... It was actually Cal State Long Beach um, about like it was the last two, three years ago, mm-hmm. Cal State Long Beach. And I haven't been back in like 10 years, Crystal, right. like I was going <laughs> out. I was doing other people's PCNs and then uh, all of a sudden they called us. Right. And then we, we came back. So um, I want to say for PCNs that the Mountain Suite mm-hmm. or, or the Cordillera Suite is usually the, one of the ones that are like the most uh, misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Like it gets very, um, very t- like very Polynesian-esque sometimes, mm-hmm. right? And it strays away. But um, that one year, um, I finally got to see a suite where they were smiling. Like you always get get told that hey these are these are celebration dances after whatever whatever right <laughs> and they usually look pissed but in this one they were they were um they were smiling they were joyful and they were um they were also modern uh modern takes of traditional dances so um do you know that dance sakutin uh it's a rural dance where they have sticks yeah 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 stuff, yeah right uh-huh. it's usually it's it's usually in the rural suite but in the cordillera region they have their own version and you don't ever see it performed and they performed it yeah i thought it was the oh, best wow. thing in all my years i think that i've seen you know where i didn't have to help and the reason being was because the member that taught them was an actual cordillera like this is his family's dances right He's yeah. part of a he's part of a group that um, so you know how uh, each each family has a regional has their uh, you know bueno uh, iloca I don't want the the Baguio you know people from Buena Park Association right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so here in America there's this thing called Bebok which is each letter is is uh you know Benguet, Ifugao, Bontok, Apayao, Kalinga. Those are the five um, main uh, tribes in Cordillera. Each main city has a has a, a organization. So Bibak of San Diego, Bibak of LA, Bibak of wherever. 
um, Kelsey Long Beach got to work with those people and wow. it made all the difference, like all the difference. And I wish everyone can see that. Yeah. So there are resources where we can fact check, yes. um, get all of this. It is not within, it is not without, or it's not at, wait, it's not inaccessible. Wait, am I, did I just double negative myself? It's accessible. <laughs> I'm just yes. gonna say. There you go. There you go. It's <laughs> accessible enough to do it right. As as um, Cal State Long Beach has shown, it mm-hmm. is possible to put together a quality and researched production. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Yes, and that, that that's not to put down the the other PCNs out there. I know oh, yeah, that of this course. is. This is for, you know, at the end of the day, these shows are, you know, it's for having a good time, you know, and it's for the families and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I just knowing when you when you learn new things and learn this new information like Kulintong music, man, you just want to share it, you know, like, yeah, can you imagine like people are missing this stuff? I asked for a kulintang before before I had my own instrument. I asked for my, a kulintang uh, from my family in the Philippines, and no one knew what it was. They were like, "Oh, congas, bongo drums." I got bongo drums instead. <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, okay." That ain't it. That ain't it. <laughs> yeah, it's not it. Um, <laughs> the the closest thing I ever saw was like a jeepney with a kulintang sticker on it at like Cultura. At the Cultura store. Yeah. Dang. Well, quick shout out to Cal State Long Beach because. Yes. Long Beach. Yeah. Long yes. Beach. Thanks for helping me um, uh, on this journey, man. That was the first, that's where I started. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're going to take a quick break, but we will be back to learn more from our dear friend, Marlo Campos. We'll be back, y'all. Woo! All right, we are back with Marlo Campos. Woo-woo. Welcome, Hello. everybody, back. We are back. Um, okay, so Marlo, um, thank you for being here once again. We've had a really interesting conversation with you about um, this misconception of this music being um, ancient, but it's actually still a living, breathing part of culture. We talked about PCN, um, and the tendency for that for PCN productions to perhaps go a little awry in uh, in instances where there isn't enough research. Uh, we talked about the very important folks in groups like um, the Ube Arte, uh, where there's professionals, experts who can support uh, people who want to put together cultural events and, and productions. Um, is there anything else you would like the audience listening to this episode to take away um, or any actions that you would like for them to take? Well, I just want everyone to know that um, don't be, don't be afraid to ask for any resources. Um, Ubi Arte, me, Rockstead, you and all our groups are more than happy to, to answer any questions. It's not going to cost anything, but then uh, we also give lessons um, I'm also the musical director out in uh, for Malaya Filipino American Dance Arts. 
um, based out in Granada Hills. So if you're in the LA area and would like to take Kulintong lessons from me, um, I am out there. <laughs> um, I can you up on that. Yes, yes. Let's do it. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> maybe we can do a. Maybe we can do an episode. <laughs> you can. We can play. Yeah. Dude. Oh my gosh. Let's yes. do that. Let's put that on the calendar. <laughs> yes. That would be yes. so fun. Yeah. If you would like to do, let's do that. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, <laughs> and then also visit our website at uh, ubearte.org, um, where we have a lot of, um, we have some interesting articles about um, uh, culture, the, their Philippine cultural music. There's actually an article by uh, Barbara Galen she um, actually observed PCN and wrote um, wrote a um, wrote a piece about it, uh, comparing PCN with her research. She's actually a white woman who actually did research in the Maranao um, region. So when she watched a PCN, she was very surprised about how how things weren't how she saw them. <laughs> oh. Interesting. So um, yeah, that's on the website. Um, also, we also have a virtual book free to download for everybody on the website. It's called Our Culture Resounds and Our Future Reveals um, uh, by uh, Eleanor Lipot Chesler and Dr. Mary uh, Toulouson. And I also have an interview in there with, um, I interview um, RCLA, Rondalia Club of LA, um, which is the other Rondalia that uh, that was doing PCNs. Actually, before my Rondalia was, they were the ones um, that I modeled my group after. And then also, um, Dr. Mary Toulouson uh, just put out a book called Instruments of Empire. Her grandfather was actually the leader of um, the, con uh, the, the marching band back in like the early, the turn of the century. Uh, back when uh, when Filipinos were touring and they were playing American music, Americans used to be like, oh, hey, look at these brown people playing our music. Well, that book talks about like, you know, no, we've been doing it way before you saw us do it. And that, that book talks about that story. Um, and then uh, I also want to push uh, the album that we put out uh, from the Smithsonian. Um, it's a double. Uh, it's a double Kulintong album, and it's to honor um, the legacy of the late Guru Dani Kalanduyan, Danongan Kalanduyan, who is um, the guy that taught us all our Kulintong um, pieces that we know. He's the reason why we decided to take this up. The first disc is our recordings of uh, traditional Kulintong music, and then the second disc is um modern takes on kulintong music so not necessarily traditional but people that were um, inspired to make their own pieces so like you'll have jazz kulintong rock kulintong some hip-hop with kulintong samples that's the second disc so um yeah check all those out um i can give you guys the links later you want to yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll put them in the show notes yes Cool. So what if I'm a listener and I'm like, wow, this Marlo dude's really cool. Uh, where can somebody go to learn more about you or to follow you? 
Oh, I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram. On uh, Instagram, I uh, am at Played by Ear, which is um, yes, a way of life, <laughs> <laughs> and how I how I how I how I listen to music and 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 learn it. <laughs> That's impressive. That's like a whole another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love being here. So I hope I didn't ramble too long. I rambled too nah, much. Nah, dude. Yeah. I'm kind of like floored and i kind of speechless because I'm just learning so many new things right now. And it's, you know, like I, I, I had no idea about all these things that you've you've been talking about. So I'm walking away with a new wealth of information and I'm just hungry for more and I'm excited to have that lesson with you, dude. Yes. <laughs> uh, we, all, we all learned so much today and we're so grateful that you're here and also out in the world doing some amazing things for our community and representing for Buena Park! Buena yeah. Park! <laughs> Buena Park! And Ilocanos. Hey. Yeah, it was, yeah. I remember. Ilocos! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, y'all, this was Marlo Campos! <laughs> that was a good episode. That was a good conversation. great episode. Oh my gosh. My mind is blown and now it is full of, uh, it's not totally full because now I'm like hungry for more information, but <laughs> more information has been placed into my brain. Yeah. That is a good way to describe it. Yeah. Thank you, Marlo, for yeah, thanks, Marlo. this information. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I feel like... I have many more questions now. Yes. Um, I mean, we've been doing this podcast for a bit. And I mean, we've both participated in Filipino clubs and in uh, Filipino organizations. Like, we're involved, but I still feel like there's so much more to know and learn. Mm -hmm. um, in this episode, this conversation with Marla was a good reminder of that. So, what was uh, a, a takeaway for you from this conversation, Crystal? I think that it's super important and um, super valuable that we have PCNs. And I, I, I as I, I can speak for myself, where, um, again, like I, I, I mentioned before, like if it weren't for this PC or the first PCN I was in, I don't think I would have been as inquisitive and as interested and as passionate as I am now about our culture. Um, so I think that it's a lot of people's starting points, um, in, in learning more about their identity as Filipinos. Um, that being said, I think that it is important for these clubs to be more responsible in how they, uh, pass on this information about our culture. I think it, again, it's really great that we're doing what we've been doing, but there's always room for improvement. And this is, you know, if we want to present our culture in, in, um, an accurate light, you know, there are resources that these clubs can go to, sh you know, y'all, if you're in a PCN or you know, uh, your club is about to engage in a PCN, hit up Marlo, you know? He's got that info and he's got resources. Um, yeah, so I think it's, my takeaway is to 
um, kind of, I'd like to see it a shift in how we present our PCNs. And if there's any way that we can help with that and connect Marlo to you, like, let's go. That's my takeaway. Yeah. If you're going to do it, try to do it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I think the challenge with, um, with PCNs at the college level is this is a lot of people's first time being exposed to Filipino culture, Philippine culture, even if they identify as being Filipino. Mm -hmm. I know for me, there was a lot of things that um, I wasn't exposed to until college. Yeah. Regarding Filipino culture. So it's, I can see how easy it is to, to, to take things and just run with it Mm -hmm. and not really understand fully like the history behind it, um, how accurate something is. Um, and I think that one of the things that could be problematic is this idea that, um, everything in a, in a PCN represents culture for every single Filipino, Mm -hmm. um, which is not the case. There's so many different cultures, even within, like the Philippine diaspora. Right. Um, And I think when we're talking about improving the way that PCNs are being done, I think that's just something to keep in mind is the fact that the dance, the music that you're being, that you're presenting, like um, be mindful of where you're getting the information because it could potentially have been watered down. Yeah. um, And to know like, you know, where is that information coming from? And again, like you said, like, do your best to like educate yourself and do it right. Yeah. Um, and call Marlo. Yeah. Call Marlo. Call if Marlo. I don't think there, uh, you know, there's reason to not reach out. You know, if you're listening, there is a resource. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of counterintuitive to present material trying to represent your culture when it's not right, when it's not accurate. And so it's kind of like you're kind of going against what we're, you know, we're trying to do here, right? Mm -hmm. So. And it's also okay not to know, like, how accurate something is. Um, But that's what, like, educators are for. That's what Mm -hmm. the consultants are for. Um, You know, it's okay not to have all of the answers, but it's important to speak to folks who actually do have the answers. Yeah. Get a dramaturg, get a, a Marlowe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, my takeaway was that, you know, the music being performed at PCNs, um, it can be perceived as like this ancient art form. Um, and part of that I think is, the fact that there's not a lot of access to these things, or at least there wasn't a lot of access until recently um, to seeing how this music has evolved over time. But one thing that stuck out was that um, Marlo said that this music was, you know, it's, it was alive. It's breathing. It's, it never went away. It wasn't a dying art form. It's always been there. It's just, people didn't see it. Um, So, it just reminds me how representation is so important and also the fact that just because um, something 
is not Western, like doesn't necessarily mean that it went away. Doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean that it isn't being practiced. So I think we need to, um, as people living in a Western society, remember that there are other ways of uh, existing, living, practicing art, practicing culture that is just as valid and just as robust. Yeah. Yeah. Expand your mind and, yeah, don't exoticize and downplay in any way this this living, breathing, beautiful art. Yeah. 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 So once again, Marlo, thank you for enlightening us. Yeah. Thank you for reminding us that there's still so much more to learn. And thank you for reminding us that um, there are people out there doing the work and happy to, to help um, people like us, young people in college um, doing PCNs who are doing their best to put together a production that is um, respectful, accurate, and celebratory of what it means to be Filipino. Uh, so with that, Crystal, give us a give us a final goodbye and uh, and a final word. Yeah, there's just so much more to discover, and I'm excited to be discovering these things with you. Ditto. All right, y'all. That was the episode. Thank you so much. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Research is produced and hosted by Dustin Domingo and Crystal Tugatti. Editing by Dustin Domingo. If you enjoy MeSearch, make sure to share, subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure to check us out at MeSearchPodcast.com and follow us at MeSearchPodcast. We're going to get to the bottom of things. This is MeSearch, folks. Woo-hoo!